Welcome everybody to the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. My name is Rodney E. I am the point god of basketball, comedy, humorous podcasts on the internet. And with me today is Frank the Oracle. How's it going, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just freaking, uh, just waiting for these finals to start. This fucking NBA app had me all fucking screwed up. I thought game one was today, but no, it's tomorrow. I'm fucking at work, so I won't be able to watch it live, but uh, I'll be watching the replay, that's for sure. Fucking NBA app. Fucking get it right, cunt. Get it right, cunt. Realise that I'm in Australia. Don't give me those fucking US times. Try and confuse me. We're recording this Thursday, 2nd of June in Australia, coming to you from Melbourne, Australia, the sunny confines of uh, my little Footscray apartment here, which is, again, a lie, isn't it, Frank? Because uh, the weather is gone from shit to fucking, I don't know, vomit-worthy. It's it's just horrible outside at the moment. I hate it. I hate fucking winter. I mean, winter, it, it is it's the second day of winter and it's fucking full-blown winter already. That's like, it. Like, fucking give us a couple of weeks at least. We got the Arctic blast, apparently. That's what I heard. It's fucking snowing, like, you know, a couple of hours drive from here. Fuck off. <laughs> fucking hell. Fuck Melbourne. Fucking first of, first of June. Fucking snowing already. Fuck off. Yeah, bang. It was like a punch in the face with an ice fist. And, and that might work at the moment. The fucking the heat is not working, so it's not, you know, it's not the best uh, moment too. Fucking when you're working with alcohol and cold slabs of beer. Fuck, fuck. Yeah, and your hands, fingers freezing off. What better reason than to stay inside and record a basketball podcast, mate? So let's get straight into the opening tip. All right, I I heard a couple of rumours this week, Frank. I don't know whether you heard the Jeremy Grant stuff, maybe maybe Portland. I was going to talk about this with Matt, who's uh, not with us today, but um, I'll talk about it with, with you instead. Did you see that sort of blowing around the basketball media? Yeah, well, I mean, he's he's basically come out and said that uh, he wants to be on a team where he can be pretty much a number one option. And he's not going to be number one the at the Blazers, though. I mean, Lillard's number one. It's one of those rumors that I just think is just a hundred percent bullshit. Like it's just they're not even considering it. I don't think Portland are. I don't think Jeremy Grant pushes Portland up into contention for the championship or anything, does it? No, not at all. But, uh, I mean, I mean, Nurkic is a free agent, so what other assets can they fucking give to Detroit unless, you know, they're given the number seven draft pick? But um, I don't really see him doing that. I kind of agree with you there. I think Portland will keep the pick and maybe chance their arm on a Shade and Sharp or one of these sort of guys. Who knows if, if that's if uh, Detroit don't pick him up. Dyson Daniels has been linked with Portland. Apparently, they Portland really like him, so you know he could be number seven pick for them. Well, there's actually a bit of a link between the Blazers and the NBL or, or something. Well, definitely Paddy Mills played for the Blazers. I think Ingles played for the Blazers. He's on the Blazers now, isn't he? Or... Yeah, yeah, he got traded to to Blazers, but uh, he's a free agent, so we don't know where he's going to go. Or... Not sure if he's sticking there. Yeah, there is a there is sort of a link between the Blazers. I remember them being linked to one of the NBL teams as well. Who knows? Dyson maybe ends up on the roster at Portland and uh, chance to break the rotation there if 
if they do draft him. No more CJ McCollum, so you can slot into the you know the shooting card position. Have you seen much of Dyson? You know his game? I've seen bits and pieces. Yeah, I've been told. I know he's got, a, in fact, a long wingspan, but uh, yeah, defensively he's, pretty- he's good. But, uh, yeah, apparently he's got to work on his jump shot and the tools are there for him to fucking keep going hard and, you know, keep improving. Absolutely, so he'd be, yeah. yeah he'd is- be a work in progress, but, uh, you know, if he can get onto a team where they can give him that time to do it, I reckon he'd be a, he'd be a great play. Do you know where he's born? No, I don't. Bendigo. Bendigo, right. Yeah. He's born in Bendigo. He's six foot six, goes about 90 kg, which is 200 pounds in the uh, American measurements or whatever. Like you said, he's pretty long. He's very good defensively. I think I've probably mentioned this before about him, but potential to be sort of elite defensively. Not too sure about his offense. That's a little questionable at the moment, how good he will be on, on offense. But Sort of a Matisse Tyrell type on defense, you could say about him. I heard there there was another rumor. I think you said this to me actually. Levine and the Lakers. Oh, Levine's being uh, fucking linked up with a lot of teams at the moment. He's going to explore it, but um, if he wants the money, he's going to stay with Chicago because they can offer him five years, two hundred twelve million, which is the max. Yep. Um, if he had made an all-star team this year, he would have been able to get the Supermax contract, which is about 250 or something like that. Any other team that he goes to, they can only do four years for 167. And, yeah, he's, he's been linked with the Lakers. He's been linked with the Spurs, um, even Atlanta as well, sign and trade. I mean, the Lakers would have to be a sign and trade as well. Yep, yep. Um, but, you know, it's rumours. It's what the NBA does at this time of year. And, and we'll we'll do so until, you know, the start of July. You know, no doubt we'll be banding around those rumours, fueling those rumours possibly on the podcast here. Yeah, Levine, I think he sticks in Chicago. I think they'll offer him that money too. I think they'll want to... He's too good. You can't let him go. Well, every year since he's been for the Bulls, he's improved offensively. And even before he started to get the niggling knee injuries uh, that came just before All-Star break. Uh, you know, defensively, he picked it up as well. So every year he'd been working his game. He's he's still young. He's uh, The Bulls are going to give him the max and he'll stay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's too good. He keeps improving. I think his defense definitely improved this year. Not sure if the stats, how much the stats reflect that. He's become way more of a better player on, on both ends. And surely the, the Bulls will be looking to move Vooch ahead of Levine, right? Well, AK has come out and said, you know, he wants to keep the core, but he's also said that uh, he's going to make the team better as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if they moved him, but I wouldn't be surprised if we kept him as well. Uh, he's got one year left on his on his contract and Go Bert's come up in talks or rumours and uh, say so has DeAndre Ayton. So I don't know. Wow. Yeah, Imagine if they could get Ayton. Of- Imagine if the Bulls could get Ayton. They'd be almost super team. Yeah, I mean, but he's going he's, he's to be looking for max money and um, the Bulls can't afford that unless no. they sh- get rid of Levine as well, perhaps maybe in a sudden trade with Aiton. I don't know, but I don't I don't see that happening. Yeah, I think Aiton thinks he's worth that money, you're right, and team's going to need to pay up if 
he's going to move. You mentioned Gobert there. Quinn Snyder. There were some interesting comments regarding him. I think Danny Ainge was speaking about Quinn Snyder's tenure there. I'm not sure who he was talking to, but it basically inferred that it was up to Snyder whether he comes back or not, even though he's got a couple of years left on the contract there in Utah. What do you reckon about that? Do you, re- do you reckon Snyder's going back to Utah or do you reckon he walks or do you reckon he maybe just takes a year off and you know goes to South America and gets on the ayahuasca or whatever and goes all zen? I think it's going to come down to what they do in the off-season. If Donovan stays or if he goes, who they get for him or go. But, I mean, even one of them are going to go from all reports. Would the Bulls be interested in Rudy? No, I, I think his contract's too big. Too much money again? Yeah, he. I think he's on like a, about 40 a year, so I don't think that will happen. Yeah, no, nah, they're saving that money for Levine. You're probably right. But Gobert, probably it's possible that they get rid of Rudy. Those comments about Quinn Snyder, that's that's weird. You don't often hear that from a GM of an NBA team. Oh, it's just up to the coach whether he comes back. We're, we're not pushing him either way, you know. Happy to pay him if he wants to come back. If he doesn't, don't let the door hit your ass on the way out, cunt. But if you think that, you know, if he wasn't happy there, you'd think the Lakers would have been all over him. Nah. Well, they picked up Ham, didn't they? Got into the Darwin Ham, which I think is good. I think he's I think he's going to be a good coach over there for the Lakers. LeBron has already expressed delight in uh, <laughs> getting him as a, as a head coach. I don't know what that means. From all reports, he's uh, he's pretty tough on the players, so it'd be interesting to see how how uh, LeBron goes yeah. with that. Whether that relationship uh, goes well or not is yet to be seen. We'll see how that goes next year. Uh, how about we move on to that Game 7? NBA Playoffs? Recap. We're going to Game 7, baby! Between Boston and Miami. I was obviously glued to the screen watching it. Thoughts, Oracle, on, on the Game 7 there? That was a weird game. That was a weird Game 7. Like the, the start of it, just Boston came out hard and heavy, and they were just playing easy, smart basketball. They were just passing the ball, streaming well, t- taking the high percentage shots. Limiting turnovers. Um, yeah, they still they had a few turnovers, but the, they limited that to a, a large extent through the first half of the game anyway. Third quarter, I think we turned it over a little bit, but then sort of went up in that fourth quarter. We got up by 13, five, six minutes left. That's when I started to really clench downstairs, Frank, because uh, that old Celtics play started creeping in. The Tatum just dribbling the ball. Top of the key, trying to run the clock out. Same with Marcus. Um, I was going, oh, no, what's going to happen here? What's going to happen here? Yeah, I I didn't like that at all. They they were just, uh, you know, running down the clock, but they weren't getting any good looks. They were sort of rushing the shots at the end, and it's like, oh, no. And, yeah, Miami just kept coming and coming and coming. Fucking Jimmy Butler. Jimmy. It was Jimmy that wouldn't stop. He was like a basketball zombie just slowly walking towards the victim. Poor guy fucking played all 48 minutes. He just, he, he had played no support. amazing. He was incredible, I thought, in that game. He was the energizer bunny that fucking would not give up, would not stop. He took the shot. There was about 12 seconds left. They were down two, I think, Miami, weren't they? They were down by two. Two points. And Jimmy I took, did, took I, the shot. No, I did not agree with that shot. I did not like that. You didn't like it? No. For one, he's not a three-point shooter. Any other thoughts? Horford was defending him. He should have attacked the rim. You reckon he should have gone for the tie and let yep. Boston have a chance? 12 seconds left. That's a lot of time on the clock. I'm going to disagree with you. I think he had to take that shot. 
He had to. You could see the thought process. He had probably a second or so to decide whether he was going to try and blow past Horford and tack the rim, like you said, or pull up for that three. And like you said, he played 47 and a half minutes to that point. He had 47. So if he hit that three, that would have given him 50. Am I recalling that correctly? Yeah, I think that's right. I think if that shot goes in, that hold the same weight as Jordan's 1989 shot against Cleveland. It'd be almost that iconic if he hits that shot and then Miami go on to win game seven. That's just why I think most people are down on that shot saying he shouldn't have taken it. They agree with you. Man, when when he went up for that shot, Frank, I thought, that's it. We're done. He's hitting the shot. He's beaten us. He's got got his 50 and beaten us. That's honestly what I thought. And then it's short. You know, he hit the front of the rim. I think Horford got the rebound and then just charged up the court and still a pretty tense last few seconds there but we dodged that we dodged losing that game seven i believe boston had numerous opportunity to close that series out against Miami, and they couldn't do it they just got in at the end they just dodged the last bullet out of jimmy's nine millimeter that he was packing it's been fucking weird that hasn't the home court didn't really matter in this series in the end no Right? Games were and going... That's, and that's, that's fucking weird in itself. It it was weird. Like you said, I think most people found it a bit weird. The results, anyway, and the way the games went, the first five games, anyway, the way they, they all went kind of surprised everyone. Everyone expected it a bit, a bit closer at more points during the series. It didn't really get close until those last couple of games. The away team won, won the game. I did predict Boston at seven. You did? Yeah, fucking weird, but... Uh... Big tick for the Oracle and his crystal balls on the <laughs> podcast here predicts correctly Boston winning in game seven. But that shot by Jimmy, man, just sticks in my mind. He goes up for that shot and it, my first thought is, we're done. And that's going in, that shot. I was the opposite. I saw him rise up and take the shot on and I've I've pretty much nearly yelled at the screen, you fucking idiot. <laughs> I wish I was a fly on the wall at your place. <laughs> but I bet if you tried to, you know, stand up, if you're sitting sitting on the couch or whatever, you probably would have picked up the whole couch with you. You would have pucked it up. Oh, man. Very tense. Old freckle. <laughs> and now does the fairy tale continue? Perfect segue into previewing the finals series. <laughs> Between the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. So, game one's tomorrow. We're recording this the day before. What are your thoughts on this series? I want to ask you this first, Frank. Do we get Gary Payton 2 in this series? Yes. You think yes? I think at the moment he's questionable for game one, but I think game two definitely plays. So, yeah, so he'll be back. It's just a matter of if it's game one or game two. You think the Warriors need him to play to get over the line against the Celtics? I I think that... um, he could be a, a major X factor, that's for sure. You know, that the defender that, you know, they could put on either Jalen or, or Tatum, Tatum himself. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting. There's been reports that he's, uh, yeah, he's pretty much nearly cleared to come back. That uh, that worries me as a Celtics fan. Uh, I'm a big rap fan. Old GP2. Yeah, I think we'll definitely get Marcus Smart and Robert Williams in the Celtics lineup. How healthy they are though is debatable because Rob did I mean Rob didn't look that great in the Miami series he gave us a little he gave us probably all he had but yeah a couple of times he he pulled up a bit 
on on that knee. Oh, yeah, um, I don't think I, I think they'll limit his minutes. Robert Williams. Yeah, just so he could play day, you know, each game. I think they're going to have to manage his minutes because, uh, yeah, the swelling in his knee, I'm not too sure what's going on with his knee. Yeah, so I, I don't see him playing massive minutes, but he'll play minutes, that's for sure. We need him to play. Celtics need him out there for sure. Yeah, there's there's some mighty good matchups out there. Absolutely. And when the Celtics won the Game 7 against Miami, I saw on the Celtics' Instagram they had Ime Yudoka in the in the locker room you know, post-game, the whole team, you know, poured uh, Gatorade all over him. One of the first things he highlighted was Rob Williams playing hurt and what he was able to give, even though, you know, he was obviously in pain playing. So he's awesome for, for getting out there. And, we, and we're going to need him to get out there, whether he's injured or not, I think, to be able to get over the Warriors. Marcus Smart uh, will definitely be out there, in my view, as well, but also playing hurt, also... <laughs> Pretty banged up. Got anything on that, Frank? No. For, well, from what I read, he's all right. You know, they're probably going to play their cards close to their chest, so not too much information comes out about him and you know, any lingering injuries he may have. Just but, the um, just the eye test for Smart, though. Like, he's just not quite moving the same way. Like, he's he's given it everything he's got, his usual effort, flopping all over the place, <laughs> diving on the floor. Yeah, I don't think he's anywhere near 100%. It'll be interesting to see if his minutes are a bit limited as well and we see a bit more Derek White, Peyton Pritchard. Defensively, that's going to be, you'd want that. You'd want him on Me. Steph Curry. And, and Steph Curry just fucking zooms around the court. He's fucking always trying to get open and, you know, he's, what, you know can Smart keep up with that? That's why Curry is so smart because he's constantly on the move, forcing someone to trail him around, you know, a bunch of screens. And, you know, at some point he's going to start feeling it and drop 40 or 50 on the Celtics in one or maybe more than one of these games. He does play well against Celtics. I heard Kerr describe Marcus Smart as a mini Draymond Green, talking about Marcus Smart, lining up against him. Uh, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Other, uh, The only part I would disagree with is that Marcus Smart's a way better offensive player than Draymond Green. Oh, for sure. Yeah, shit's all over it where the offense is concerned. I think Kerr was probably mainly referring to the defense, but uh, definitely need yeah. Marcus Smart out there if the Celtics are to get an advantage in the series. Warriors are definitely going to play from the perimeter. For sure, I think we can oh, well, definitely I mean, expect that. When we yeah. we haven't, and I've listened to a couple of other podcasts that pointed out Celtics really haven't faced that. They haven't really faced an offensive team like the Warriors yet in the playoffs. It's a very different challenge for them compared to you know the teams they've already gotten past in the Nets, Bucks, Miami. Thoughts on that, Frank? Uh, which is is the defense going to win, or is the offense going to win? Kind of thing with this with this series. If I'm going to oversimplify, that's sort of the theme I'm getting from a lot of you know other reports. I mean, you, you got Curry, you got Thompson, you've got Paul, you got Wiggins, Porter Jr. as well. He can come off the bench and hit a couple of threes. Can Wiggins? So they're definitely going to stretch the floor. And Wiggins is he's he's a pretty, he's a decent defender too. So he's definitely going to get a job. Against Tatum, against Brown, probably in game one and game two, definitely. I think Kerr's going to want to test that out and see how much he can get out of Wiggins, especially on the defensive end of the floor, like you said. Oh, and, you know, closing that slouch on the defensive end as well. Yeah, but he's not defending like he used to be able to. Used to be, yeah. Definitely noticed that in 
plays game. Not as consistent, but uh, I think as we've pointed out on a previous episode of this podcast that, yeah, I mean, he's still, in a way, uh, recovering from severe injury. So he has had the odd game where he's hit 30-plus or whatever and, and shot the ball pretty well, but for the most part, I don't think he's as much of a threat. Celtics are probably more worried about someone like Jordan Poole getting a lot of looks. But Jordan Poole is an absolute traffic cone on defense, man. <laughs> He's terrible defensively. Uh, and the Celtics, will, they'll target him on the defensive end if he's out there. What about the big man sort of matchup? I think Celtics definitely have a size advantage on the Warriors. I think that's they the do. way they can impose themselves a little bit. What do you reckon? Oh, definitely. Horford, Williams, and Draymond Williams. does his... What about Grant Williams? Yeah. That Grant Williams-Draymond matchup. We're definitely going to see that, right? They're going to start banging into each other as soon as the ball's thrown up. Um, you, know, you got Looney as well, and he's actually played pretty, He's played well in these playoffs. He's played really well. He's yeah. averaging 10 and... He's, he's averaging a double-double, 10 and 10. Horford's a good matchup for him, though. Yeah. I reckon Horford almost cancels out Looney. He, you know, he he was extremely disappointed in uh, come what game it was, and he said, you know, I played horrible. I'm going to come out a lot harder. And next game, he got he ended up with 22 rebounds. Warriors will definitely be hoping for output like that from from Looney. I don't think he'll. I think well, the Celtics will definitely be able to find a way to get an advantage in the in the paint, and they should be looking for that. I think if they want to beat the Warriors. Yeah, well, they definitely need Looney to just to bang inside and get the fucking boards. So, you know, as long as he can do that, I don't think they won't need his offensive input. He'll he'll be mainly needed to protect the rim and yeah, get rebounds, just be big. They don't have a lot of other huge. I mean, Kaminga's not bad. I mean, he's got some size, but obviously a rookie. And they uh, haven't really used him know. too in the playoffs. So I don't. I don't think we'll see much of him against Boston. He should be at the end of the bench because I think if he goes, if he sees minutes in the first half or whatever, you'll see the Celtics definitely target him as well. Like they'll just go straight for him. They'll just try to get a, a matchup on him and and beat him. This series, when I think about it overall in its totality has the potential to be a classic NBA Finals. That's that's what I'm hoping for. It's got that sort of potential, I think. This could be this could be really good. And let's face it, it wouldn't uh the bar has been set a, a bit lower by you know the games leading up up to this. Oh, you you're not wrong. There's a lot of good matchups, you know, from both teams that we'll see. Boston, you know, Boston number one defensive team. You've got the offensive threats from Golden State. It's gonna, I, I reckon, it, it's gonna be a fucking, it's gonna be a great series. I reckon. Yeah, there's a lot of moving pieces in this series. Warriors, very good offensive team, not slouches on defense. They know how to get the most out of most of the guys they have on the defensive end, with the exception of of a couple. Uh, like Paul. Austin, obviously, very good defensively. Have worked to improve that throughout the year. Ime Yudoka is a brilliant defensively sort of minded coach. He's got the Celtics playing the right way. He's done an amazing job. We all know Steve Kerr's a good coach. So I think we've got something to look forward to here, mate. I think this should be pretty good. Well, yeah, Matt's not here today. From all reports, he's gone to America again. He must be loaded. All these plane tickets yeah. to America. Fucking hell. 
I, I don't I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing or where he's getting money from. Where but does he get this money? Yeah. From what I've heard, he, he's gone to America and as what he said in the last in the last pod, he's gonna fucking he's gonna buy a Steph Curry fucking singlet and just sit on Boston's bench and <laughs> hopefully they pass him the ball. Just be a cunt. Just to be a cunt. Well, if he's going to help Boston out by doing that, then I fully endorse it. (laughs) (laughs) When being a cunt is a good thing. Uh, I think he's going to try and take out the the net guy as well, try and take that job too. Have another crack at that job. (laughs) Risking life and limb to replace the fucking nets. Oh, shit. He did message us and said he's he's predicting Boston in six. Yeah, he's got Boston in six. I think Boston, I tend to agree, I think Boston have to win it in six. I don't think they win a game seven in Golden State if it goes that far. Yeah, I kind of think Boston have to get one of those games in Golden State, win both our home games. I reckon that's what they honestly need to do. If it's close, yeah, who knows? Uh, someone like Steph Curry in, in the clutch is pretty dangerous. And Clay as well, let's face it. He's not afraid to take those shots. He'll definitely take them, whether he makes them or not. We'll see. What about your predictions, mate? What did you say? You uh, said, uh, oh, look, it's it took me a couple of days to sort of really think about this hard. And, I mean, both teams have got strengths and weaknesses and they sort of fall into each other. And But the, the couple of things that stand out with me is Golden State's experience in finals already and just their depth, offensive depth. That They've got a lot of shooters on that team. And with that, I'm predicting Golden State in six. All right, so you're going with the the Warriors in six. So they win it in Boston. And I I hope I am wrong this time. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I hope you're wrong. Yeah. I hope Boston. I hope Boston wins because that'd be fucking awesome. It would be. Yes, and uh, you you'll hear me go absolutely nuts on this podcast if the Celtics happen to win. Very hard to pick, like you said at the moment. Game to game, it'll be for me. Minute to minute, you know. Boston uh, have the potential to win it, of course, but we've seen it crack a little bit under the pressure. That's why I say they need a bit of a buffer and they need to get an early lead to maybe cover up some of those times when they crack <laughs> in, yeah, uh, in the final minute. I, I just don't want, I don't want any more of these fucking blowouts. Yeah. They uh, can get fucked. It's a fucking finals. Bring us some fucking tight games. Yeah. Come on. Come on, NBA. We we sat through a lot of shit to get to you, so give us get a your good fucking game. shit together. All right, Frank. Uh, quick hero and zero, mate. A hero. A hero of the week is uh, if you saw. I don't know if you saw in game six between fucking Boston and yes. Miami, and yes. I didn't see the play that happened, but uh, I also was Larry. On the fucking floor, pretty much underneath the rim. So he, he may have taken a charge or some shit. Um, oh, but yeah. he's he's river he's he's on the ground, fucking sort of curled up in a fetal position, fucking in pain, and it's obviously a timeout or whatever. Allegedly, and, allegedly in pain. He may not have. Well, been. alleged. As I say, it could have been a fucking flop. I I, I didn't see the play beforehand. <laughs> but uh, you know, out out comes the fucking. The broom guy that sweeps guy, up yeah. all the fucking sweat. He's just sweeping around him. He's going, well, fuck you. I'm doing my job. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Larry. Get up when you can. I'll just wipe around you and, until you're ready to pick your ass up off the floor. <laughs> and I'm thinking, hang on, where are the Miami players trying to, you know, 
come around and say, you know, you're right. They just he's just there laying. They know pain he's flopping. And- they know he's fine. So they're just like, ah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was fucking hilarious. So, is your hero the mop guy or the mop guy? <laughs> so, in the same instance, both hero and zero. Well, nice. more hero than zero. But uh, I just want to say uh, the zero thing. A part of the hero is the Sonics coming back. I fucking love that. As long as they come back, like Ooh, what's yeah. been reported. Absolutely, man. Let's hope that's all going ahead. It looks pretty legit at, at this stage. And but that also plays that also plays into my zero with fucking Las Vegas getting a team. Fuck Las Vegas. Yuck. What are they gonna be called? Las Vegas Las Vegas fucking mobsters? Wild cards? The blackjacks? <laughs> oh, I don't know. The Las Vegas buffet table? Crack dealers. <laughs> Oh, seriously, they, they could have given someone else a, a fucking team, but fucking Las Vegas, no. Fuck off. So that's my zero of the week, fucking. The Las Vegas fucking, I don't know, cocaine snorters. <laughs> yes, I hope they go with that name. I hope they go with that. <laughs> All right, quick hero, zero for me. Uh, zero is the Cleveland, Claver- <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers for hiring Luke Walton. As an assistant coach. <laughs> what are they trying to do? Make everyone sick? Make players he leave? Dropped. He's a terrible coach, and I have no idea why they hired him. So, Cleveland Cavaliers, you're zero. And my hero, my hero. Who the fuck is my hero? <laughs> my hero is you, Frank. My hero is you for correctly predicting that Boston would win in seven games. Got to say, I was doubting it when Jimmy went up for that shot. I thought we were done. But no, you came through for me, Oracle, and I'm forever grateful. So thanks, mate, for getting us over the line. (laughs) You're welcome, buddy. I don't know if you like my prediction for this finals, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens in the next week or so. No, no. You'll definitely be my zero if you're right about that. <laughs> and that'll just about do us, mate. I know you got to go. i got to go. we both got to go. We're done for another week. On the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. There is a Facebook page if you're on Facebook. Oracle, you run the Facebook. Tell everyone to go to the Facebook page, mate. Go to the Facebook. It's uh, Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. You'll see our logo up there. I'll, I post shit every now and then, and especially when we have new podcasts come out. But, yeah, come in. And, you know, I always try to put some funny shit on there. So Give it a like. Have a bit of a laugh. Yeah, give us a like. Give any us, feedback. Give, 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 give us a follow. You know, whatever you do on Facebook. I, I'm not really on there anymore. I'm the, I'm the Twitter and Instagram guy. I'll stick to that. We're on uh, Twitter and Instagram as well. GT Basketball Podcast. GT, GT Basketball Pod, actually, and that's it. Thanks to everyone who listens to us ramble on about uh, the old basketballs every week. Uh, Emmanuel, our number one fan, and everyone else. Everyone else who bothers to take in what we're saying here. We try and make it funny, don't we, Oracle? We do. We try. I hope Matt's all right. I hope he can get back all right from Boston there. He'll probably just stick around for the finals. Probably won't see him until they're, they're finished, if that's okay. Well, yeah, yeah. You'll uh, yeah, finish off. We'll finish watching the game, go back, they go back to his hotel room and fucking start waking off. For those who know what Matt looks like, um, see if you can spot him on the Celtics bench there, wearing the Steph Curry jersey. Yeah, just look for a uh, Detlef Shrimp looking guy. With a... <laughs> yes. 
Stephen look for the Curry Australian. Jason. Look for the Australian dead left shrimp. <laughs> That'll be Matt trying to distract Steph Curry from hitting his shots. All right, we'll leave it there. Garbage time basketball podcast out for another week. See you later.